0: Hello, and welcome to the Let Them Eat Life podcast. In this episode, we discuss some adventures before surgery in getting support from others, the scale, and some of the voices in our heads that our family inadvertently put there. But we're learning how to heal from all of that. I'm your host, Nicole, joined by my gal pal, Nadia. Relax, kick back, enjoy some water, and enjoy the show.
1: My question to you is what was support what did support look like for you, your family, your friends preoperatively. What did that look like?
0: Preoperatively
1: was interesting. So we because
0: we had lived through it with my dad, we had an idea of what what we were gonna go through, at least my mom and my brother for my immediate family. My friends I was twenty six when I had my surgery. Still really close with a lot of my college friends. Mm -hmm. I had a weird Experience. I don't even think I've told you about this. I had a couple of my really good girlfriends and we were hanging out a lot. And we were going to the big city to go out uh, clubbing and stuff sometimes. Uh-huh. We go like once a month, this this group of us. and And of course, like they're all little and cute and petite and they're getting all of the attention. And I'm like the chubby friend that sometimes guys would come up and talk to. And there were a couple of times where guys would buy me drinks to talk to me to try and like be the in for my friend. Like I was somehow their pimp or whatever, where I'm like, why don't you just talk to her? Why do you think I'm not gatekeeping anyone? I had decided I was going to have the surgery and I was out to lunch with, with two of my gal friends. And I was talking to them about the surgery and and one of them she was like, Oh, well, are you gonna tell everybody? I'm not keeping it secret. It's mm-hmm. just it's something that I'd rather talk about with people in person. Mm-hmm. And you know, we weren't spreading our lives all over social media in two thousand seven. So it wasn't like I was gonna send out a group text to everyone of Hey, mm-hmm. by the way, send a group text to thirty of my college friends. That was not gonna happen. She was like, Well, you know, maybe if you wanna keep it private and I totally get that, you should keep it to yourself. That's cool. Three weeks later, I go to meet one of my other friends who had just had a baby. We go to lunch. Oh, you know, this person told me that you're having gastric bypass surgery and that you're not telling anyone and that you have it this big secret. So she's running around telling everyone that you're having surgery, but not to say anything to you because it's a secret. Oh, wow. Well, first of all, it's not a secret. (laughs) and and second of all why would she tell me oh i understand you want to keep it private you should keep it private and then she went around telling everybody oh wow so i don't know it was just like something for her to gossip about but for the most part my girlfriends were were really supportive but like at that point we didn't really know what was gonna happen Mm -hmm. and what changes were gonna happen because there's a few of those people that i'm not friends with anymore relationships change Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize how much i would go from not being a doormat Mm -hmm. things i used to think and not say i started saying and how that would change relationships that was something i really wasn't prepared for Mm -hmm. at all that it's like oh well i'm being a little bit more assertive now Mm -hmm. and not being that chubby friend in the corner Mm -hmm. being quiet when things are being said or things are being done that i don't like or don't appreciate. So now I'm speaking up, I'm getting more of that label. Well, good for you.
1: Right on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where people were initially supportive, the reality of it evolved over time. And so I did have my family. My surgeon had a wonderful support group in place that I, that I definitely took advantage of for that first year after I had surgery that I was going up there twice a week. The people that were in that group with me were great. I'm so lucky and grateful that we had that because we didn't have any of the resources that, that they are out there now with TikTok and Instagram and, and all of it, that there's places you can go online that you can be a bit more anonymous and you can ask people questions and you can talk about things. So overall, everyone was was very supportive. I mean, I did get a little bit of, oh, are you taking the easy way out? I think that misconception's been there since, since the surgery started, that somehow it makes it easier, not that it's almost like a marriage. No, I'm making a <laughs> lifelong commitment to do this. Mm-hmm.
1: What have you felt with the support? I'm the opposite of you. I didn't tell many people at all. I just told you. I think I'm lucky in only telling you because I knew you weren't going to tell other people. <laughs> I just told one person and, of course, my spouse because I I kind of wanted to surprise people. The big reveal, ta-da, look at me now, type of thing. Or have them talk about me like, ooh, what did she have done? Or there she goes, yo-yoing again. I kind of just want to keep people on their toes. My family was not as supportive as i wanted them to be they were telling me a lot of negative stories about people who had put on weight doubled tripled their weight after rny's am i going to be like that person it's kind of like putting a spotlight on me that i didn't want i just wanted positivity when they were giving me negativity or maybe it was their form of positivity but it sounded to me negative Mm -hmm. i didn't tell a lot of family members I just told maybe three, but those three were still negative in my eyes. Of course, my husband, completely supportive, a little apprehensive because he didn't know exactly how the body was going to change, how drastic, all the unknowns. Now, I think people are noticing. I had a person ask me the other day, what is your secret? And I said, well, it's pretty drastic and it's pretty invasive. (laughs) They were like, oh, and I said, Gastric bypass surgery is my secret. And this is a a work fellow. They kind of shut down after that. They were quiet. They didn't know what to say. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I'm okay with that response. -hmm. And I did end the conversation with this was the best decision. Actually, this is the best gift I've ever given myself. Mm. I'm getting more support now post operatively than pre operatively, which is interesting.
0: You looked at a lot of social media before you had surgery and the, the TikTok and the Facebook groups. Yes. And so how did that affect or
1: help or influence? TikToks were fun just because you see what a three minute video of somebody having the best day of their life or making some food or just looking awesome or the before and after pictures. Facebook was a little bit more in depth because you can make a whole dialogue. That was a bit of an eye opener because I was just reading stuff just nonstop Mm -hmm. and asking you tons of questions. Facebook was actually very helpful in that sense to see what foods... I can't eat with foods. I can't eat how you're going to feel after everything that comes along with the surgery. So that was really informative. So I'm really grateful that Facebook was there. The scale.
0: The scale. The scale. It can be mm-hmm. really difficult because mm-hmm. there's just that f- instant feedback that you get from it. Even though I feel like sometimes it's just a straight up lie. Because how much water have I drunk? Have I gone to the bathroom yet? Did I just take a shower and my hair's wet? There's all these variables that go into it. But it seems like most people I've met that have had a gastric bypass surgery, including myself, for a while, end up having like a little fixation on it. Mm -hmm. To the point where my scale had to go away for a while and I would visit it once a week. (laughs) (laughs) Just to stop myself from getting on it multiple times a day. Yes. Or even every day. Yes. Because there's a lot of medical professionals that'll say maybe you
1: should go on it like once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm four months post-op now. It's an obsession I have to stop myself at. I literally have to stop, actively stop myself. No, don't do that. No. No you're just going to get disappointed. No, it's not been enough time yet because I like to see the numbers go down. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the goal. That's, and so I feel more proud of myself when I see the numbers go down, but I'm actually hurting myself when they are not going down. Yeah. Mine might have to go away. (laughs) So you think your scale might have to go away for a little while. Yeah. It's going to have to go away like for a week at a time. Because I want to surprise myself. Mm. So I am encouraged to keep doing what I'm doing and not get that disappointment in myself. Because I know I'm I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. And I get mad. I get mad when I don't see those numbers move. Okay, well, I need to revamp something else. I need to relook at what I'm doing when I'm actually doing okay. Have you had it go up ever at all? Not yet. Not even
0: like half a pound or?
1: Not yet. No, but it's definitely, it was like lingering in the 190s for a while. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, why can't this move? You know, so I'll do extra, extra exercises. I'll go for a longer walk. I'll Mm -hmm. park farther away, you know, just to get those little minute exercises in. But I'm actually doing okay. And I have to remind myself that. Have you measured yourself at all lately? I have not. Just because I want to see like a drastic mm-hmm. change, change, and, and I see it in my clothes. Mm-hmm. I see it in my clothes. So there's good encouragement, but no, I, I haven't measured myself. Telling myself it's it's almost that time. You yeah. <laughs> know, you're coming up on that five month mark. Five months. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs>
0: my my dad was adopted but we always knew his biological mother she's the one growing up was the only person that made me feel conditionally loved And when I was having my issues with my weight, she was the one that made comments about it. But even when I was little and I was small, she still would, she'd praise the fact that I was little and small. Mm -hmm. With her focused on my looks and stuff, I kind of wish I could go back and tell my mom and her mother, my grandma that helped raise me, you know, it's okay. You don't have to try and make us have a relationship with her. Because somewhere inside my mom and my grandmother, they wanted us to have a relationship. Mm -hmm. But that ended up being... The voice inside my head of Mm. not being good enough, you're not enough, Mm. that I've had to deprogram from it, which is hard that it was one family member that could be that way. But I think on some level, watching my dad always kind of try and get love from her, grandparents who raised him had passed away, but it it wasn't there because she just wasn't that type of person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of that came up with it, so it wasn't one thing. I'd lost about 70 or 80 pounds and she got sick. And so we went over, cause she has, a, she has other kids, other adult, adult children, obviously, cause it's my, my dad, biological mother. And we went to the hospital and they needed to transfer her from one place to another. She didn't know I was having surgery. I walked in, she didn't know I'd lost weight. And she just was fanning all over me, telling me how good I looked and how good pretty she thought I looked and this that and the other and they said okay well who do you want to go in the ambulance with you when we transfer you from one hospital to another and she said oh I want my granddaughter to go with me and it was the first time in my life she had ever publicly acknowledged me as her grandchild Mm. but she didn't say I want my granddaughter to go she said I want my thin granddaughter
1: to go with me wow. yeah like she only accepted you but as her
0: grandchild age. because i was thin. Mm. and turning and looking at my dad and his eyes getting big and my eyes getting big and being like it's okay so i i did ride in the ambulance but the EMTs just thought she was having a little bit of a an episode mm-hmm. because she kept calling me her niece and then also calling me her thin granddaughter because her parents had raised my dad. My dad was adopted by his grandparents. So it was a situation where I, I am legally her niece mm-hmm. because of the adoption. But that was, I think, one of the heavier moments of like, okay, now this is confronting me. Yes, this woman does love and care about me but there is conditions on it you know and it's like everyone always wants to say like your 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 parents your children everything that you know i think it's almost a fantasy that love is always unconditional
1: Mm mm-hmm
0: and this surgery makes you confront things that you've been pushing away, and that's one of like the not-so-pretty things in life, is that I experienced love that was conditional. And as long as I acted a certain way and was a certain way, then I would be shown love and
1: affection from this one person. Right. Whew. generational trauma is real.
0: Yeah, well, my dad had to heal so much from it, because some of this stuff came up when he had his surgery. And then it, it came from such a pure place of love from my mom and her mother wanting us to have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. but them not also wanting to see you want me to have a healthy relationship with a person that's inherently unhealthy that has had their own issues their whole life there's a reason why she gave my dad up for adoption and that she wasn't able to raise him even though less than a year later she had my dad's sister mm-hmm. and raised her and her other children that she had with her her life partner that she was with for over 50 years my my dad has a different father than them but it was pretty quick that she had her other family <laughs> got a little deep there on you <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to get a little a little a little lighter but i had to confront all of that stuff and also what I tied to other people's approval Mm -hmm. versus my own approval in going through this. That's a theme that's come up at different points in my life too. One of the things that therapists would tell us in group was you do not have to care what everybody thinks. You should not care what everybody thinks, but you should have three to five people whose opinions actually matter to you, of people who you respect, people who genuinely care about you. And that was confronting that she never was nor should she have ever been one of my three to five people my mom my dad my mom's mom my godmother these were people that would do anything for me i've been able to do different things for them in life to repay that actual unconditional love it's like you know we just want you to be happy Mm. not we want you to do things to make me look good Mm. so that I can then brag about you and look how great I am that I have this person. Mm, yeah. yeah.
1: I have some, a little similar story-ish, kind of like that. My grandmother just saw me a month ago. Mm. She hasn't seen me since my surgery, and uh, Grandma's got a little touch of dementia, but we're not going to hold that against her. Uh. <laughs> you can choose to
0: see the humor of the dementia, because <laughs> right. my mom's mom, she ended up having a little bit of Alzheimer's
1: near the end, but yeah. you,
0: you can choose to to take the moments, right?
1: Because <laughs> yeah. you have to. So she sees me, and her eyes bugged out, and she said, "Oh, Nadia! Wow!" You've lost so much weight. I can totally tell. It's the last time I saw you. And I said, yeah, Grandma, do you like the way I look? Oh, yes, you need to keep that up. I said, I will, Grandma, thanks, you know. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the compliments. And she kept on and on saying how good I looked. Now talk about conditional.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, Grandma has always been on me about my weight even though she's been the one to feed me. It was a constant topic that she'd revert back to. Oh, Miha, you look so good. Oh, what did you do? What are you on? What are you using? And I'd have to remind grandma. I had surgery, grandma. Oh, that's right. right." The beaming in her face, seeing me, my body changed. Mm -hmm. She was beaming and she was actually like, Proud of me, yeah. I love my grandma, but she's not the one in my circle and mm-hmm. people whose opinion I hold in highest regard because she's a depression era, pre-depression era baby. They've got different views on life. Yes than we do now and opinions and I love her dearly but she definitely her love is conditional
0: yeah one it would have been that moment if she'd said how are you feeling Mm -hmm. are you feeling healthier that would have probably made a difference
1: I observed
0: that with my dad the people who genuinely cared about him asking about his health because his close friends from high school who he sees periodically but he hadn't seen for a while they were scared that he had cancer Uh because he'd lost 100 pounds And so they were really concerned about his health. No, are you okay? (laughs) Then he was like, well, I had surgery. And they're like, oh, okay, good. You look great. (laughs) When someone drops 100 pounds, it's not always a good thing. Right, right. And it's nice to hear every once in a while that somebody actually cares about your well-being and what's going on with you, not just, oh my gosh, you lost weight, so now I, there's more value on it or mm-hmm. somehow you're more attractive or you're more... Right. Any of that, the people in my program would say, fill in the blank. When I lose all of my weight, I will be... And if you said happy, that was the wrong answer. Ooh. When I get to my goal weight, I will be smaller was what they wanted us to process Mm -hmm. because when you lose weight you're going to be smaller. I can't guarantee an emotion connected to that. Mm. Like your joy and your happiness is what's going on inside. Yes, it's nice being able to go and buy clothes wherever I want. Mm -hmm. Is that really what's making me happy or is it that I can breathe and go down the stairs and my knees aren't hurting? and I'm not gasping for air. Is it because I've actually healed myself that I feel safe in my skin when I know someone's looking at me and I can feel relaxed and safe and I'm not that they're gonna jump out of the bushes and attack me? When love is conditional, sometimes people will attach happiness with size. Mm-hmm. And those are completely separate things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, they attach acceptance and more love with your weight. I've seen it time and time again, even pre-me pre, pre me, mm. or pre-gastric surgery. I noticed that with other family members. Then I noticed myself doing it to other family members. Oh, well, you know, I can't have a, a, a relationship with them, a relative relationship with them because they're they're bigger and they're probably going to, and then together we just look too fat. It's unraveling these traumas. Yeah. F herself, and that's why I live 200 miles away from my family. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I only see them maybe a few times a year, and when you choose to, and when I choose to, I still get from my mom the special word. Everything I do, especially the food that I choose, is special. So at first I took offense to that, you know, it's like it's not special. How can healthy food be special? Well, to them, it's special. Because they're not used to seeing a healthier version, a healthy food, Mm. better quality food. Yeah. So now I'm like, hells, yeah, I'm special. (laughs) I paid a special price for that food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm special. And it's delicious.
0: (laughs) And you're going to enjoy
1: eating every bit of it, Right.
0: (laughs) Hey, Nadia. Yes. You know, we are here at the Eat Life Podcast to entertain people and maybe teach them a couple things along the way. Uh Uh-huh. But you know what we're not?
1: What? Doctors. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. And you know what? That makes us not responsible for any choices
0: that they make with their health. All of this is our own opinions, our own experiences, any guests that we might have on, it's all of their own personal experiences and opinions, and we assume no liability for anything. Right. guys, anybody listening to this should be consulting their medical professionals and their doctors about exercise, nutrition, medication, and therapy. Therapy, hey, we love therapy. Therapy with a professional is Awesome.
1: We're here to teach people and share our experiences with you as well. Have a little fun along the way.
0: Make sure you're talking to your team and your people. Yes. Because we don't know what we're talking
1: about. Not not professional. Not professional. (laughs) Cool? Cool.